them and at other times even defending them. So when he's talking about the, about the law, they maybe don't know the written word, but they know in their heart right from wrong. They know in their heart good from bad. Now, does everyone abide by this morality? No. No one needs to teach a child how to do wrong, do they? No. No. You're definitely you're experiencing this. No one needed to teach Abigail how to be mischievous because she automatically knows how to be mischievous. I know if I place Naomi in a room full of a hundred things that she's allowed to do and the one thing she's not allowed to do, the one thing that she's going to do is the one thing she's not allowed to do. And that's just part of human nature. We are broken human beings. We, are, uh, we have this fallibility. We have, um, we have this brokenness. And the thing is, God has even given us the free will to choose the good thing or the bad thing. We've got free will to choose to follow God with all of our lives. See, we as followers of God, we need to be, we need to be like the third type of person, not the second type of person. We need to be like the third type of person. But if we're perfectly honest, we quite regularly would slip into the second type of person where we end, we end up knowing about God and knowing God's law, but do we follow it always? No. And that's what a lot of this passage is actually warning us against, to not slip into being a second person. But the thing is, it's okay to sometimes slip, it's okay to sometimes fall, but it's bad to stay there. It's bad to stay in that place whenever you know that you're doing something which doesn't match up to God's standard, it doesn't match up to God's law, but yet we just stay in, in, the, in the bad place, we stay in the negative place, and we don't come to say, sorry to God. We don't bring all our lives to God and say, sorry for the way I've messed up. Sorry for the way I'm messing up. If we don't change our ways, if we don't change our habits, if we don't change our routines, if we don't change something and we continue to do wrong against God, and this, is, this is why we need to be really careful that we need to choose to follow God again. We need to choose to go, come to God with what we would call repentant hearts. We come to God and say, sorry, we turn away from the thing that we're doing wrong and we turn back towards God again. The REM is God-fearing and Bible-believing Christians is that we should, be able to, uh, we should be able to follow God's law because of the forgiveness we've received. See, we don't follow all, the, uh, all of God's law because, you know, that's, uh, you know, because we do that and we accept we, we receive forgiveness. It doesn't work like that. We need to receive forgiveness and choose to follow God's law as a response to our forgiveness, not out of duty, not out of because I have to, but because God loves me, I want to choose to follow the path that God has planned for our lives, that choose to be the person that God wants me to be. So as a response to our forgiveness, we follow God. It's not a divine obligation, but it's a deep, heartfelt response. See, there are some people who are type two people, and they'll always be type two people. They'll know about God. They'll know all of the right things to say, all of the right things to do, all of the right ways to be, but their hearts aren't connected to God. They're far from God. There's plenty of people who will go to church every single day of their life. Every single Sunday, they'll be there. They'll never miss a Sunday. But whenever they get to heaven, God will be like, who are you? I don't know you. 
Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. I've heard that many times before. They just don't believe in their heart. Because um, in Romans it says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. So there's no point in just coming and confessing, you know, God, this is the right way. This is, this is the love that you have for me. If you don't believe it. I always use an example of, uh, with me and one that I struggle with is fair trade. I know it's a good idea. I know it's a brilliant concept. I know it's brilliant. But for me to actually apply it in my life, I really struggle with because I just, I just don't really deeply have that belief. I know it's brilliant, but it's not a passion that I have. It's not something that drives me to change my lifestyle. And in essence, we, some people can be like that about God. They know it's God's a good idea. You know, know God's good. They know God's a good idea, if you want to put it that way. They know that you know God even exists. But the thing is, they don't actually allow that to transform their lives. So they follow God with a passion and a burning desire because they know they've been forgiven. It turns out just to be duty. It turns out just to be like that. You can know the Bible inside out. You can know everything that God wants to say to you and still choose not to listen. It's brilliant, actually. There's one scene in um, the TV show, The Big Bang Theory, where you've got all these really smart scientists, and they break down in a car. And somebody goes, does anybody know anything about engines? And they're all like, yes, yes, we all know about engines. And then it's like, does anybody know how to fix one? No, not got a clue. See, all of, their, all of their knowledge is theory. All of their knowledge is in their head. They couldn't actually use that knowledge and apply it to the engine itself to fix it. And that's, that's what we need to be careful not to become as Christians, where we get all this head knowledge about God, but it never translates into life change. It never translates into our hearts, where things actually make a difference. That's what Paul's warning about through these verses. If you reread them later, reread through, and he, he's warning like, you know, are you, you know, you know, are you t telling people don't commit adultery, but yet in your mind and in your heart you're committing adultery? Are you saying one thing but doing another? See, what's the point in knowing all the right answers in your head but never actually investing them into your life? This is a challenge we all have to have, we all have to abide by. It would be like knowing the cure for cancer in your head, but never actually sharing it with anybody so that they can get the cure too. And in essence, that's what the love of God is. Love of God is the cure. And if we don't share it into people's lives, if we don't give the, the knowledge that we have to others, we're in essence not giving people the cure for the brokenness that their hearts and their lives are in. See, we only get healed when we apply the knowledge. It's like you going to the doctor with an ailment and the doctor's saying, yes, this is what's wrong with you. This is how you get better. And he gives you the antibiotics, but you never take the antibiotics. And then you wonder why you don't get better. Because all you've done is you've heard about it, but you haven't actually applied it into your life. And it's the exact same whenever you come to God and whenever you come to the knowledge that the Bible is full of. Whenever you come to the lifestyle that God has for you. It's, a, it's like if you have a, you know, a, bleed, a severe bleeding person you don't stand back and point at it going, you need to, we need to stop that bleeding. I know how to stop that bleeding. You go over and you apply a pressure to the wound, apply pressure to the wound to stop the bleeding. You cut it off straight away. 
But yet some people spiritually are bleeding out. Some people spiritually are hurt and broken. But yet we don't go over and apply pressure to the wounds that people have. We don't go to the broken sometimes. See, this is the thing. We are broken people. And there's nothing worse than knowing we're broken and hurting and just staying in that place. All of us need to allow God every single day to impact us with his truth and his knowledge. We need to allow him to, every single moment of every day, fill us up afresh with him and his presence. As I said, there's no point in knowing all the right answers, but not doing anything with them. There's no point in knowing all the right things to say, but your heart still being distant from God. And that's unfortunately the way some people live. They know all the right things to say. They know all the right things to do. But yet, they don't do anything about it. See, I used to be a bit like that. Whenever I was a kid, I was, I was brought up in and through church. So I, I knew exactly what to say to everybody and how to respond to everybody, how to act around everybody. And everybody thought I was a Christian. Everybody thought I believed. But my heart wasn't with God. And it wasn't until I got to the age of 14 or 15, I went to a camp in Scotland. And then there I heard about the love of God and the, and the presence of God came and really impacted my life and transformed my life. And I went from being two-faced to being actually, well, I thought it was a nice guy. You know, because everybody, I stopped trying to please people. I stopped trying to do what people wanted me to do. And I just went, you know what? I'm just gonna be the way God made me to be. And if people don't like it, that's okay. And then I actually went from being a bit of a loner person where nobody really wanted to be my real friend because they knew I was two-faced. Because you can't see through two-faced people. It's only the two-faced people that generally don't think that they're seen through, in all honesty. But I went from that to actually having friends, to actually people accepting me for who I was, and people actually recognizing the difference that God made in my life because I stopped trying to be what everybody wanted me to be, and I just went, God, I'm just going to be who you made me to be. See, in the passage, um, uh, in verse 25, it talks about circumcision. And you see, this was a sign um, of God's special covenant with his people. This is what people used, uh, the Jewish males used to do. I think, was it eight days or eight weeks after they were born? I forget, I forget which exactly. But they did this as a response to basically, I want to acknowledge that, you know, my life, you know, my life is for God. And Paul challenges them that if you've had this done, it doesn't make you a Jew. You know, similar, similarly in our culture today, we have things that people do that think it qualifies them for God, thinks it qualifies them to follow God. They think if they are either christened or confirmed or dedicated or something whenever they're a child, they think, that's okay, I'm covered with God now. You know, so whatever time in my life I die, I'm covered with God. And that's not the way it works. There's some people who are members of churches. They join a membership of a church, you know, and then it then doesn't really impact their lives. It doesn't make a difference in their lives. And there's loads of different instances we can think of where we can go, yeah, there's people who, you know, People who, even, even we've been there at some point where we've just been a member of a church or a, we, we rely on all the old things and we don't actually daily come to God and renew our relationship with God. See, Paul reminds us that it is meaningless if you don't believe it in your heart. If you don't believe what you're doing, 
See, our actions and our hearts need to be in line with God. It need to be, they need to be right with God. It can't just be one or the other. It needs to be both our actions and our heart in line with God. But because our hearts are right with God, our actions follow. In verse 29, it says, No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. See, we don't let following the rules, we don't just do the right things because we're meant to, we do them as a response to having God's forgiveness embedded in our hearts. We've got to allow God to, we've got to allow our hearts, sorry, to be in relationship with God and clinging to his promises. That's what we need to do. We need to cling to the promises that God has. And then in response to that, we find that everything else that we do will fall into place. All of the responses that we have will fall into place because when our hearts are right with God, it drives us to want to follow God more. It drives us to want to follow God's law, if you want to put it in, in those terms. And then what happens as a response to that? God praises us for what we are doing. God actually acknowledges us. It says it at the end of the verse, such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. So it's okay to sometimes receive praise when you do something well, when something works out well. Some people can't actually accept praise. They really struggle whenever they get acknowledged for doing a good thing. But the thing is, it's okay to be acknowledged for doing a good thing, for doing it right, and doing it with the right heart and the right motives. And that's what we're meant to do. Some people do it for the acknowledgement with the wrong heart. But whenever we do it with the right heart, and we get the acknowledgement, that's okay. We can just keep giving the praise back to God and say, thank you, God. We don't let ourselves get big-headed when something goes well. We don't let, um, but we just, in response, just give it all back to God because that's the circle that we have. You know, God gives to us, allows us to bless others. They get blessed and give it to us, so then we give it back to God. And that's the circle it's meant to be. God gives his blessings and we give them back to God. That's why we praise him. That's why we sing songs. That's why we um, pray to him. We just want to give him thanks and praise for everything he's doing and everything he's going to do. Why? Because God's our father. He's not some distant God who, who doesn't want to acknowledge us. He's not somebody who's shaking a stick at us saying, do things the way I, I planned, do things the way I want. That's not the way God is. But God's made plans for us. He has made plans for your life. You know, the God who dreamed you up and imagined you up and, and then placed you in your mother's womb and knit you together in your mother's womb. He had dreams for your life and he has dreams for your life. He made every single little part of you and every single little um, quirk that is you, he made it. And he wants us to wake up every morning and just say, morning God, what can we do together today? That's meant to be our response. That's meant to be our heartfelt response because we praise him because of what he's done for us. Let's just pray together. God, thank you that we're able to praise you. Thank you that we're able to give thanks for what you're doing, God. God, we don't want to be people that don't know about you. God, we don't want to be the type two person that um, knows about you but doesn't follow you. 
God, we want to be the third type of person that receives your forgiveness. And out of your forgiveness, you just give and give and give into our lives. So then we are blessed and we get to give to others. We get to show others your love. We get to show others through responding to you, God. God, we just want to respond to you today, God. We just want to come to you, God, and say, have your way in our lives again. God, we don't want to know about you and choose not to follow you. We want to know about you, accept your love and forgiveness, and out of that, serve you and follow you and live the way we're meant to. So God, give us the strength daily to choose you. May we not let the law or let circumcision or let all of these technical terms get in the way of following you and following the heart that you have, God. God, allow us to follow the dreams that you have for our lives because you have plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. So God, we give you our hopes, we give you our fears, we give you everything that we worry about, God. We say, come and have your way. Come and allow us to respond to you with all of our hearts, not just a part.